Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 46 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, please, if you would like. Follow us on Spotify, and then, of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So for tonight's episode, just one game, one game we watched, the main game on a Saturday night, a windy Saturday night here in Los Angeles. The Lakers and the Heat, a finals rematch. Of course, the Lakers extremely shorthanded without Dennis Schroeder and Anthony Davis. The Miami Heat were without Goran Dragic. So you'd expect the Heat to win. I was looking at it from their uh, perspective as a kind of a must-win situation with the position they've put themselves in early on in this season. First half, though, about as pathetic an effort from the Lakers as I've seen. There was no communication on D. The Heat were catching them on off-ball actions constantly with Duncan Robinson getting runoff screens. Bam Adebayo was so good. Like, just setting screens and then rolling to the basket when he sets screens. Duncan Robinson has so much gravity that that opens it up for people like Bam to roll to the basket, cut to the basket. For example, I think Olenek found him a couple times in that first half uh, around the basket on lobs or different things where the Lakers, you know, didn't know if they were switching, didn't know if they were staying. I thought that LeBron set a horrible tone today, the way he played. There were three times in the first quarter where he dribbled the entire clock out while everyone's standing there watching him. And, I mean, obviously, you know, I think they got to move a bit. But LeBron, oftentimes, he'll get the ball and he'll tell people to space it out. And when he goes, like, I cannot tell you because I put myself in these other players' shoes with these guys like Harden, with these guys like LeBron, who dribble the fucking air out of the ball only to throw it to you late in the shot clock because they don't want to hurt their percentage and make you do something in the five seconds on the shot clock. is the most selfish thing I can see a basketball player do, and nobody calls it out. No one, because they're all sheep. They don't see through it. Are you kidding me? Three times, guys. Three times. And then not to mention he was shooting too many threes that he wasn't hitting and he hasn't been hitting to the same rate as he did the first two months of the season. The, and, but the funny part is he still was getting his buckets. Like he was still taking it to the basket, scoring some points. Otherwise, this game would have been a blowout. But Kuzma was awesome. I thought Kuzma, even though he also slightly took too many threes, I think he needs. I think the Lakers need to run less plays for him to get threes and more plays for him to get other things around the mid-range area or flow game area. Because honestly... Kuz is showing me that he can hit a different type of variety of shots. The box score tells me right now that he had, he was four, four of 10 for two and then four of 11 from three. I guess that's not the worst uh, percentage in the world. However, I just think that some of them were a little ill-advised quick in the shot clock. And I think the Lakers in general just took a lot of threes ill-advised in the shot clock. Look, they took 45 threes. Are you serious? Like, this Laker team's not a great shooting team. And once again, what do I always say, guys? You think... Everybody likes to make apologies for stars. The thing is, you cannot do that with me because I blame Kawhi Leonard. When we lose with Kawhi, I'm always the first to blame him because I believe that at the end of the day, the star sets the tone. LeBron shot eight threes. As a result, the team shot a lot of threes. And I'm not even... I think the second half, honestly, 
was pretty good for the Lakers. Like, they won the second half. It was really the first half where they lost the game for themselves because just too many threes. And I will say that they still took too many threes in the second half. They were just better looks. And, you know, I thought Montrader, he came in and he was getting abused in terms of the points in the paint for the Heat. They were talking about it the whole night. They were getting whatever they wanted. Bam on rolls, the gravity of Duncan Robinson, and just in general floaters. Jimmy Butler as well. And also Wes Matthews in the first half had his head in his ass. Both ends of the floor. Jimmy Butler got a, several offensive rebounds when Wes Matthews just didn't want to box out, didn't want to put a body on him. He came from behind and took the ball and scored on him. And, you know, a lot of times when... LeBron, who was literally on defense, just a joke outside of like a foul that he unfairly got in the beginning of the game, and then like maybe one strip later. Other than that, he was like in once again no man's land. I don't know if he's just camping for rebounds or what he's doing. He's his best trade on defense has always been weak side rotation at the basket. He's really good at getting some blocks, picking off passes underneath, and taking charges is something that he's added to his defensive arsenal over the years. However, sometimes he just stands in the middle of nowhere and like doesn't want to move his feet. So like a guy like LeBron will never be guarding a Duncan Robinson. That's too much moving around the perimeter for him. But at times when he was like asked to switch on to guys like Kendrick Nunn, who was freaking awesome tonight, you know, he was getting in the lane, floaters, and there was a couple times where because LeBron had, you know, a couple fouls, one of which was very unfairly given to him, I might I might add, he just didn't want to contest and was just like rotating, but like just, you know, the slap, the slap without a real contest, which is an automatic two points, so... I just thought he was a pretty net negative on defense outside of talking. Obviously, his communication is good. But the Laker defense without Anthony Davis, like, we need to talk about this. Like, they look so disconnected sometimes. I know the second half they got better, but he's just the anchor. You know, he talks on defense. He takes up so much space on defense, whether it's on the perimeter. Like, he can take one step, and it's like he's at another, like he's taking a pass away or he's at another guy. It's like he's guarding two players sometimes with the way he is, how long he is, and around the basket, putting in pick-and-roll actions, all that. They miss him so much. I thought that Marquise Morris was god-awful, exact opposite of the better brother across the hall who's been killing it lately and will kill it again tomorrow, knock on wood, uh, against the Nets. But his brother came in. He was just lost, didn't know what he was doing. Three threes, three bricks, two points, minus eight on the floor. I thought THT was eh, mm. He made a three. It wasn't bad. 17 minutes, a little tunnel vision. Caruso offering nothing on offense. But the Laker defense really stepped up. And some a one positive I think you can take from this game if you're the Lakers. And by the way, just to piggyback off the, to end how bad I thought LeBron was in the first half. Bro was just like, how many times did he... Uh, he got like maybe one unfair foul call, but there was like three or four times where he just didn't get back on defense. The classic. We've, come, we've, we've become accustomed to it at this point. But anyway... Jimmy Butler was good, but I'm also, you know, I, I will give this to uh, one of our subscribers, Johnny Kabede, was pointing out that maybe he's trying to pad his stats. He's starting to turn the other direction. And you know what? I'm not going to go that far yet, but I will say there were a, there was a couple times today where Jimmy Butler could have shot and he passed it when he didn't need to and it wasn't the right play. He had five turnovers. Some of them was because of this reason. And here's the thing about Jimmy Butler. The media has completely, and modern Gen Z bots, fans, as I said in the whole Summer League, I said in the whole Glorified Summer League, that the modern fan will not understand Jimmy Butler's greatness. But because of that reason, and because he's not getting treated like a real top 10 player that he is, I feel like now he feels the slight need to be a little more statistical oriented. And I see him hunting assists a little more than before and passing up a lot of good shots. I know he shot 20 shots, but to be honest, he should have shot a little more. He got really good looks. I don't know. I really think that he's, 
I don't want him to trend in that direction because it seems like we only appreciate guys with stats. But I'm really happy with the way the Heat have bounced back since Jimmy Butler's been playing. They said they've won like nine of their last or six of their last nine or something. But I still think that Jimmy could have been better. I still think the Heat were pretty fortunate. I mean, if Anthony Davis or, or maybe just Dennis Schroeder's there, the Lakers, as poorly as they played for the majority of the game, would still have found a way to one probably. And the second half, the Lakers turned it up on defense, I will say, collectively. I think Wes Matthews made he looked very discouraged with himself for missing threes. And, you know, I will say the positive for the Lakers. KCP, 3 of 5 from 3. Those were huge for his confidence, I think. I think, though, however, him... Because of his lack of three-pointers and lack of getting the ball, like, he just hasn't gotten the ball as much. He's been very stagnant off-ball. He usually moves a little bit more off-ball, and I think he's gone really stagnant. That's also not helped by the fact that Kuzma and LeBron, both when they have the ball, seem to... At least Kuzma at night, not in general necessarily, but LeBron for sure, likes to hold the ball a lot. So it's just like, okay, like, I, you know, sometimes he moves and he doesn't get it, and he's just like, whatever. But I still think KCP needs to try to move more. I thought when Wes Matthews, so KCP made some threes, then Gasol made two threes. He was two of six, though. I still think Gasol took some ill-advised threes and overall was just, eh. He was all right. He was pretty good. He was plus three, but I just think he took some ill-advised threes. He was better than than Montrader because the defense. Montrader was scoring down low. He had 18 points, but his defense is just, eh, not up to par. He was, you know, Bam gets offensive rebounds over him. You know what I'm saying? So he can always be exploited, but... What's his name? Wes Matthews made a three or two. He had uh, a three or two, and then he started playing better defense. He started fighting over screens with Jimmy Butler and making life tough on him. He forced some misses from him, and the Lakers' defense really stepped it up. In the second half, the Heat only scored 37 points, so they really stepped it up. I thought that Max Strudel guy, he was chucking threes, though, like crazy. What was up with that? That almost got the Lakers back in the game. They were just lucky that the Lakers' offense was so bad and stagnant. One of nine. 0 of 8 from 3. Tyler Hero's injury didn't help in the first half. He was 2 of 5 with 5 points. But yeah, it was mostly the starters for the Miami Heat tonight. And in the end, it was a very close game. And they were involving Duncan Robinson in a ton of pick and roll actions. Pick and pop mostly with their guards. And LeBron was making a lot of better reads in the second half, I will say. Better reads, you know, hockey assists. But the thing is, they forced the ball out of LeBron's hands completely at the end of the game. And the Heat almost threw the game away with that bad pass at the end. The Lakers got a chance. Caruso was the one that got the last shot. It was a long two. He missed. He was 0 of 3 in the game. Not exactly the guy you want taking that shot. Uh, What else? There was a couple. Who got the shot before? I think it was Wes Matthews got a good look. I mean, Kuzma got some good looks too. LeBron didn't even get a shot off in the last two minutes. And... I know what his apologist fans are going to say, but he was double-teamed, but he was double-teamed. Once again, there's two logical ways to get out of this. One is called... <laughs> one is called... Um, uh, don't ask for the screen, first off. Just go one-on-one. -on -one. Force them to just double-team you straight away. And then there's the other one where it's post-up on the wing, so then if they send a double team, you can turn over either shoulder because LeBron has shown this season that he can make that shot, especially the turn over the left shoulder. So why not post up on the left, play off ball? And that's another thing. LeBron off the ball, just stands there. He maybe made like two cuts all game. I just thought, here's my thing, guys. It wasn't like, I'm not saying LeBron cost them the game. It was a collective loss. Uh, but once again, 7 of 21 from the field. If LeBron's not shooting the ball well, like... Obviously, without him, they're not going to be in the game. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They still won. He still had the highest plus minus of any Laker, plus 11. 
So you know what I'm saying? Like they still won the minutes with him. Um, but you know, you can still you can say the same thing for Kelly Olynyk. They were plus 14 with Kelly Olynyk. So that's just strictly looking at it at plus minus. LeBron was one of eight from three. He turned the ball over five times. That's a lot. That's a lot, especially when no one else on your team gets more than two. So five out of 14 turnovers are from one person. So yeah, it's the same for Jimmy Butler. That's why I said Jimmy Butler didn't play perfect either. So turning the ball over too much and the body language, you know what I mean? Like LeBron has this thing and and Lucas said it in uh, New York State of Mind, our fifth ever episode. He said LeBron, when he doesn't have like what he necessarily wants, in this case with injuries, he kind of just like doesn't give his all. And, like, he pouts and, like, it's just, like, he doesn't, you know, he needs to, everything needs to be, like, very good for him. Like, after his Cleveland days, if it's not, like, his ideal situation, sometimes he just doesn't, doesn't give it his all for me. And he gets away with it sometimes, but thankfully tonight he did not. Lowering his MVP case from the rest of the world, seeing him tonight play like that. I thought Kuz was the Lakers' best player. 8 of 21, 4 of 11 from 3. 23 points, 4 boards. LeBron finished with 19 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists. Somehow still getting apologies made for him, though. Wes Matthews with 10. Maybe it'll increase his confidence that he played better in the second half. Same goes for Caldwell Pope. By the way, I want to chime in on one thing. By the way, Bam Adebayo's final stat line. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 offensive rebounds, 8 of 16 from the field. I thought he was really good. Kendrick Nunn was awesome. 27 points, 10 of 14, 5 of 6 from 3, 5 rebounds and 3 assists. So just to end off, I want to say... I saw that the Orlando Magic, I'm sorry, not the Magic, the Warriors um, lost to the Charlotte Hornets. And I saw that they were. it was a two-point game and there was a scramble on the ball. I'm not going to watch the game because Curry didn't play, but I saw what I needed to see. This man, Draymond Green, was in a scrum. They called either a jump ball or a... Uh, what's it called? Either a jump ball or a timeout. They gave Charlotte the timeout. This dude, this dude is arguing so much, so much that he is foaming at the mouth and got called for two technicals, I believe. It may have just been one, but two technicals at once when, once again, all you need to do if you're the Warriors is get one more stop and you win a game without Curry, which everyone thought was impossible against a team that's playing pretty well right now in Charlotte and Terry Rozier, who's playing out of his mind this season. My God, what an exciting team. The Celtic rejects, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. But for him to complain that much, and no, I, everyone's going to say, I, I see these Warriors fans saying Draymond gets treated unfairly. You have to be smarter. He was saying, fuck out of here to the ref, five seconds away from him. Are you kidding me? This is the 2021 NBA. You know how quickly they're going to give technicals? Just because Draymond Green gets away with it because of the way he talks normally and doesn't get the same treatment. as. If anything, Draymond Green said it on Inside the NBA. He said himself that the refs know how I talk, so they're more lenient with me than other guys. In a situation like that, shut the fuck up and get one more stop. He cost his team the game. Because of that. I don't care how well he played before that. That's pure stupidity. And I, You know how much I defend Draymond Green about all the other shit he does. I'm always the first to uh, to protect, uh, to defend Draymond Green. But that's ridiculous. Keep your cool, bro. You cost your team the game. And the Warriors are in a, in a situation where, you know, 
they're going to be on the fringe of the playoffs. They cannot be blowing games like that. So disappointing if you're a Warriors fan to see one of your best ever players do something like that. And when I say best ever, that's like top 10, top 15. Not Probably not top 10. Top 15, eh, top 10 in, probably in terms of importance. But disappointing. That's all for me tonight, guys. Eight minutes short. Let me know what you think. Lakers with two losses in a row. Clippers, Nets tomorrow. We're going to be live after that. I don't know if I'm going to be live immediately after that. I need to check the schedule of the NBA. But I'm very excited for that. And Kevin Durant's not playing. I saw that bullshit false advertising by ESPN. ESPN's become so cringe now. Like, I can't even take them anymore. Like, it used to be like a, a sports network that like I looked up to. And like now I don't like, they're so cringe. Every single one of them with their agendas, pushing of stars so blatantly more than ever before. And it's not just like back in the day. It's literally, they just advertise Jimmy times this. They advertise Durant times Kawhi when like Durant's not even, I don't even think he's playing tomorrow. So, what a joke. Anyway, I'll be live tomorrow after the Clippers and Nets game. 7.30 Pacific time, 10.30 Eastern time will be the live. Now we go to the live chat with the subscribers. Peace.